Uh, so yeah, we're going to be um, we're in this in this awesome series, and so this morning it's all about aligning with abundance because you know God is in in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. It is a place of glory, both both physically and spiritually. <laughs> I tell you, maybe it's just the Holy Ghost. He's just messing with me. So. Man, he, he has got richness for this planet, and I just want to break that open today, and um, we're just going to explore what, it, what that kind of means and how we don't have to be afraid of wealth as well, you know, because we can go, ooh, you know, rich, you know, someone's rich and they must be selfish or they must be, well, no, actually that is, that is not the bottom line, like, and so God has got a heart to bring richness to uh, this planet. And just to frame it as with that as well, and I'm speaking into our culture because everyone, the the poorest person financially in uh, this room today would probably be the richest person in uh, in other cultures, you know, Africa, Cambodia, those places as well where there is extreme poverty. But today we're going to be just like really pushing against that whole thing about toiling and just like how life can be getting on a grind and just like getting enough and just getting enough to get by and getting enough to survive when actually God is calling us, everyone, everyone up into headship, everyone up into abundance, not so that we can just selfishly hold it close, but we could be, you know, let, let it flow through our lives. And because and we're taking what is in heaven to earth. That is the prayer, isn't it? We all know that that's the prayer. Jesus said, on earth as in heaven. And so we've, we're all about exploring the fact that we're conduits from heaven here at Thrive. We are, we're like, we want to download supernatural healing. We want to see healing flow. We want to see miracles happen. We want to see, uh, you know, death to life. Jesus died on the cross. He turned the curse on its head and said, no, now you've been cursed, but you're, you're, you're blessed. You're blessed because of me. And, the, and so we're going to take a hold of that financially as well um, as a church and as a people because we're called to arise and shine. And we're called to be arise and be resourced at the same time. So anyway, I love gardens. Uh, gardens, just I can't help myself. I love to garden, be in the garden. I would have been a happy gnome. Um, and I, would, I just, you know, I, I, sometimes I, I, God speaks to me when I'm weeding. And there's, hey, bud. Nice to see you. I love this guy too. He is super awesome. We'll just. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> oh, we love you. Uh, loves, bud. I'll see you soon. Josiah and I hang out in the garden. We just like bouncing on the trampoline. And, you know, I had some awesome memories in the garden with my dad, actually, growing up as a kid. Uh, he's, he taught us how to play cricket and how to play soccer. And, and now I bat, I'm left-handed, but I bat right-handed uh, because Dad would stand behind me and like, show me how to hit the ball. <laughs> so I became a right-handed, left-handed batsman. And that was awesome. My brother and I, we, uh, back in the day when we had fireworks and we had puhas, who remember those days? They were awesome fireworks days. And we would get our little plastic army men into the sandpit and create war scenes and, and blow up the enemy and, light, and real explosions happened. And I remember blowing off a dead, uh, a dead bird's head once, and that was just awesome. Man, <laughs> yeah, come on, it was great. It was like, whee, oh, like the poo down the throat. Anyway, and it was dead, obviously. Um, so, but gardens, I, I just, I love it. And it just so happens that 
the Bible starts in a garden. Did you know that? Who has ever read Genesis? Come on. And so Genesis uh, chapter 2, Adam and Eve, they were placed into the most beautiful environment on the planet at that time. The whole earth wasn't like the Garden of Eden, but they were placed into uh, this Garden of Eden. And so we're going to read from Genesis 2. Uh, this morning, and it says this from verse 9, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were, were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, and there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pisson or something. It uh, winds, it was French, um, it winds through and it lost. Uh, anyway, and it winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good as opposed to fool's gold. Uh, aromatic resin and onyx are there. These are just like rare gems and awesomeness. Uh, and then in verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. He went, Woohoo! And he's like, happy to be there. And it says, To work it and take care of it. You know, to work it and take care of it. And I don't think I'd ever seen that verse actually until I studied this. I was like, oh yeah, he, was, he actually had a purpose in the garden. It was a garden of extreme beauty. It was a garden of supply. There was food, rivers, no doubt. There was fish. There was gold, non-fool's gold. It was good gold, a garden with borders around it. It was, it was, uh, it was its own space. And it had borders within it. There were two uh, trees within, um, uh, within the garden. And one tree gave the, the food of eternal life, and then one was a no-touchy tree. And it was a garden to tend, to care for, to work in, to steward. And so this garden, it was set up as a loving environment. It was like a gift from a loving father. You know, the, the, the father is a good, he's a good dad, and he put these guys on planet into a really, really cool space and a really amazing place. And there were privilege. There were privileges being in the garden. Like they enjoyed the, you know, the, the, all the food and the beauty and that. And then there were responsibilities as well in the garden. There was a, it was a garden to work and a garden to tend. And so today I want to imagine, I want you guys to imagine yourselves that you're going camping in the Garden of Eden this morning. Come on. There's actually a sound with that. Can you play that sound? It might not play. Anyway, so I'll, I want you to imagine yourself in this garden. Come on, come on, little sound. Anyway, <laughs> it's you can see the sound. <laughs> it goes cheep, cheep, cheep. It's actually the sound of a tui, of our native uh, tui. Anyway, you can imagine yourself going to this beautiful, beautiful, exotic garden, going camping. Thank you. That was beautiful. Oh, on the air. You're walking into an environment that God has set up for his kids to enjoy. It's a place of extreme awesomeness. And I just want to I pray for you this morning that God would just continue to open our hearts. Holy Spirit, we just, we just thank you, Father, that Jesus, you died on the cross. You reversed the curse that this planet was stuck under. You broke it over every one of our lives, that our lives would not be uh, 
a product of the toil that Adam and Eve had to endure, Lord, but that our lives, can actually, we can enter in to the abundance of what you set up for Adam and Eve. We just, we thank you for that, Lord. We just say, yes, yes, Lord, just breathe on the dry places this morning. We thank you for your word being life and speaking to us this morning. So for a thriving life and a thriving vision for us to carry, we need to be resource well, eh? We need, to have, we need to have contact, a tangible contact and connection with the one who has a vision for this planet. Like he, we're called to co-labor with Jesus Christ. Not, he's not doing it on his own. We're not doing it on our own. We're doing it together. Can we build it? Yes, we can with the Father. And he wants to resource us. He wants, he, he desires to resource this planet. And so the, the awesome nature of Jesus Christ has just set us up to be able to, to do that. And, it, and it, so it's going to take a perspective shift around of life. If you think that you were born just to stay in a box and just make the money yourself and, and trust in yourself and your own abilities and your own contact and your own supply, then you're going to need to shift your mind. You're going to need to change your mind because, man, the Bible says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. That within, that without Him in you, you have no glory. You have a lesser glory. You, you're all about your own glory, which is a small glory compared with His glory. Like him and you, you're the bomb. You can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So in the right hands, abundance is the incredible reflection of the nature of Father God. In the right hands. In the wrong hands, I just got to go there. Abundance becomes a status symbol, a self-centered definition of what success looks like. And a sneer is the love of money is a dark root, you know? It's the root of all evil, it says. And uh, bad roots equal bad fruits, and, and, and the plant is not healthy. But the Bible says that Father Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, wasn't he? Father Abraham, he had camels for, for Africa. He had uh, like this entourage with him. He had tents. He was a wealthy, wealthy man. And he was blessed, but he knew that he was a vehicle to be a blessing. And so when we, we steward abundance around our life, it's Man, we're blessed. It's good. He was blessed. He enjoyed that blessing, but he had open hands, and it flowed through his life. So that's what our, our take on it here uh, at Thrive is, is that we are blessed to be a blessing, and we're blessed to release and give and be generous and enjoy being his kids. So I just want to get two verses up there this morning. The first is from Ephesians uh, 3.20. And it says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You know, the word immeasurably, the dictionary defines this as a limitless supply. He has, he is all about supplying you from a location that has eternal resources. Like he is all about that for your life completely, that you would know no end, that, that one day when you pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, it's not like God goes up there and checks and goes, oh, sorry, we're all out, like it's not happening today. He has got a limitless supply, and it's not just around you, it's Christ in you. 
It is within you. It says he is at work within us according to his power that is at work. His power is at work. And then it goes on to say, in this verse from Romans 14, 23, says this, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Ooh, (laughs) where did that come from? That hurts, Lord. Like everything that does not come from faith is sin. You know, in one way, God's saying here that when he's not involved in our master plan, we're shooting way too low. When he hasn't got a voice and a word and an intention and an ability to be connected to our life and our, our sphere of influence, then we're shooting way too low. And it says that whatever doesn't have faith attached to it, it grieves the heart of God. You know, and in, we know in um, Hebrews 11, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God as well. So he's big on us carrying a vision of what he's got, carrying this vision about who he is, about what he's got to give. He's like, you need this. If you don't have this, then you're shooting too low. You're shooting too low in your life. And because faith it wants to speak to us. Faith has a powerful voice about who we are becoming and what we need to get there. Faith is speaking to you today. And, and the, a great place to start is in the Word of God. A great place to start is just getting alone. A great place is just go down the river, and I, like me, and I just pray, go down there for an hour, walk praying in, in, in the spirit language and tongues and, and just taking time. I build myself up in the most holy faith when I'm with God, when I separate myself out and away. See, faith has a voice, and it says, it's interesting because it says, faith the size of a mustard seed can be big enough to move mountains. It's easy to miss a mustard seed. It's tiny. That's why, you know, when we go out, when we separate ourselves from life, from the busyness, from what's going on, from our family, for just maybe a couple of hours a week, we start to see the small things that are so important. We engage with this faith that looks so tiny, but how could it do that? How could it move a mountain, this tiny little thing? But it's time to give our faith a voice and let it speak to our dreams. See, faith said to Noah, let's build something crazy. Let's build an ark. Faith said to David, David, liberate your people. Now pick up some stones and take down that giant. Faith said to Gideon, take your 300 men, and uh, they were unarmed men, and attack an army with 135,000 like sword-bearing soldiers. Faith said to a sick woman, an outcast from society, reach out and touch Jesus' cloak and you will be healed. Faith said to a centurion, she said, just, just say the word. Just say the word and my servant would become well. And Jesus said the word. He said, I have not seen such great, great faith. All that guy had was an idea, a mustard seed, a small thing. And he's like, but this thing has got power. If you engage with this, it's got power. 
See, God doesn't have a diminishing vision for your life. He has an ever-increasing vision. And a part of your life is leaving a legacy for your children. And it doesn't matter how old you are here this morning. Your days are only going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And even that means that it start, they start shining in the lives of others around you. Because you said yes to faith. You said, yes, I need that small voice to have the greatest influence in my life. That, and, and you've given room for that voice of influence. See, it's time to make uh, some room for faith to declare what the hope of Christ is for what Christ is imagining over our lives. See, Jesus Christ is the word of life, and it's time to speak his word. Like, he is the word of life. Our faith may look small, but the agenda, see, faith has an agenda, and its agenda is to redefine the world through love. Like, you know, it's not just an agenda of power for the sake of power or political, you know, advantage or wisdom for the sake of wisdom. The agenda, the heartbeat of faith is love. And our world, when they, when they see what love looks like, they're going to say, I want some. I want to be a part of that. I want to... You show me, show me the heartbeat of God through the mustard seed of your faith, and I want to be a part of that. I want to do something radical. See, faith wants to get amongst our vision. I was sharing with our leaders uh, on Wednesday night that without a vision, it says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, people perish. That people, without a vision, you just you're going nowhere. And I saw the other side of this verse for the first time this week. And it's not just those who lack vision that perish, but it's those who never actually receive the vision that someone else was carrying, they perish. Because every vision that God's carrying, God wants to give us, it's not just for us, it's for someone else. And if we don't, who will? If we don't carry this thing, if we don't offload this thing, if we don't steward this small thing that can have such a big impact in our world, who will? And it's pretty real, that whole perish world, isn't it? It's pretty real. And I just want to encourage everyone to engage with the abundance of Eden. To engage with that concept that he has got this incredible resource there for us to release through our lives. See, we know the story of Adam and Eve. Their vision got clouded by deception. They were cast from this abundant garden as they chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> and they lost their innocence. They lost that. They, they saw evil. And they, never, they were never meant to. Their new normal became a life of toiling to provide from themselves, from a ground that had been cursed, and just read Genesis 3 if you want, to, want the full story. But from that point on, like mankind has been wrestling with their environment because it's been, it was redefined from an Eden environment to a cursed environment. And so there's been this wrestle, this toil that God never meant his kids to live under and live in. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. 
This will just break it open a little bit more. It says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. See, Satan is framed here as the God of this age, and without Christ, he is, he is the player. Without Christ, he's the player. He's the major player on the ideals, the opinions, the hopes, the values, the, uh, and the views of this world. Like, everyone just comes under that without Christ. His, his views, they encompass every sphere, they, uh, the world's philosophies, education, commerce. Without Christ, he's the God. He's the God of this age. But through Christ Jesus, Satan no longer has permission to mess with our stuff, to mess with the king's stuff, to mess like this little seed of faith that just blows him away. They're just out of the way. You carry and steward the faith in your life and you start drawing from a greater resource and releasing a greater resource through your life. See, Jesus Christ, when he wore the crown of thorns on his head, you know, they put this crown of thorns on him and they beat him. They just smashed him up. And the Bible said they beat him so hard before he was crucified, he was unrecognizable as a human being. And he became the curse for us. He, he took it all. He took the curse of the toil because thorns are symbolic to toil, to weeds, to hardship. And he wore, on the cross, he wore the sin of the world, the sickness of the world, the death of the world, and, and the toil of the world so that we wouldn't have to have a life that is meaningless and empty and just about having enough in the, in the bank just to get by. He broke toil. The concept of toil and hard labor was dealt with on the cross. And we've been bought by the precious blood of the Lamb, it says in 1 Peter 1.19. It says that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And the dictionary says that redeem means to recover ownership by paying a specific sum. See, ownership, we get to own it. We get to take back this planet Come on, that means something for everyone here. That, me that means something for you, Tim, man. You've got a great future. Like Christ is in, he is in you. And I just see, man, I see property around you being influenced by the kingdom of Christ. Like you've got a vision for your life and God's going to come in and he's going to just, he is going to be like that, that wind in behind you just pushing you gently forward into the promises that he has for you. Come on, he has got good promises for you, bro. He really, really has. He has bought back the crap that we were going to inherit. He's bought it back and he's paid for it so we don't have to wear it. Come on. That was a rhyme. <laughs> I am. It says in Romans 8, that all creation is groaning. <laughs> it's like, I am tired. You know, who knows our ozone layers, our ozone is tired. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's a big hole in it. You know, I was watching a doco this week and it says that with every uh, one square kilometer of ocean, there are 40,000 pieces of plastic just to drift rubbish in the ocean. Our oceans are like, uh, 
says all creation is groaning. And then it says waiting. Waiting? Waiting for what? Waiting for like the sons of men to be revealed. That's us and the daughters. You probably like already knew that, so he's just talking to the guys. <laughs> the sons of men to be revealed. Like, like there's something that God wants us to get about ourselves, about who we're called to be, what we're called to do, the vision that we're meant to carry, the faith we're meant to release, the mountains we're called to move. And the creation's going, come on, boys, get it together. Come on. Come on, step into the call. Step into the mandate. See, the mandate for Adam and Eve in the garden was this. It was in Genesis 1, verse 28, to be fruitful and increase in number, to fill the earth and subdue it, to rule over. I think it says to rule over the fish. They experienced freedom in the garden, these guys. They loved it. See, the father didn't put limitations on abundance. He didn't put limitations on them. He said, he didn't say, hey, Adam and Eve, I need to just cut back on some stuff here because you've got to do it hard because I need to develop your personality and your character and you're only going to become who you're called to be if you don't have enough. <laughs> and it's easy for us to go, oh, I don't have much because God's trying to teach me something here. He's trying to, and you know, he does, he does bring increase as we steward well. We know that from the, uh, from the, from the Bible. That's, that's, a, that's a good word. But he doesn't use poverty and lack to define what heaven on earth looked like to Adam and Eve in the garden. And he doesn't want us to wear that as well. He is a good father. He is a good, good daddy. And through Christ Jesus, we, we can take back that whole Eden concept and see like the end of the story. See, when God says something, hey, be, be fruitful, multiply, multiply, subdue, rule. Do you think that that word is uh, it's irrelevant now? When God says something, he's going to make it happen. And that's why he sent Christ Jesus to the planet, so he could make it happen. And Adam, and sorry, Christ Jesus, it says in 1 Corinthians, that he is considered to be the second Adam. So he started again. Yeah, he hit the reset button. So that we could be, we could be Christ in us. And enter into the rulership, the fruitfulness, and the increase of the planet. That is a big vision and they weren't, they weren't in Eden just to build their own empire, were they? They were out to take it. They were there, take it. Take it to the world. Take this to the world. And Christ wants to, um, us to take back that original mandate to the world. Come on. If we could just have the keyboardists up, that would be amazing. There's an invitation for us this morning. I want to extend this invitation most graciously to every person in this room. To say, I want to be a part of that. I actually, I'm born for abundance. To be blessed and to be a blessing. That Christ would arise and shine in our lives. Not just emotionally and spiritually and all, even physically. But also that we would be 
shining through the abundance that heaven has for us. And so this morning, I just want to break open Psalm 65 as we close a little bit. And I'd just like everyone to stand for the Word of God this morning, because I want to pray over you and declare the Word of God over you. And this is an opportunity for you just to align yourself with God's Word, to increase your faith, You know, the Word of God is so powerful. In Joshua 1, he says to him, hey, hey, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Like, meditate on it. So we're going to use the Word of God here this morning. And so, Holy Spirit, we just, we just thank you, Father, that no one is uh, on the outside this morning in this, Lord, that everyone gets to step into the full provision that heaven has for every need in this room and the fullness, Lord, for it to be released through our lives as a demonstration and a greater resource for this planet. Lord, we just thank you from um, Psalm 65 verse 8. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. We just thank you for your wonder this morning. Ho! We just thank you for supernatural abundance. For the wonder of what you've done in creation, we just thank you that you created this planet. We thank you for our location here in in New Zealand, Lord. Lord, we just give you praise and we give you thanks. We just are so taken back by your wonder, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for signs and wonders. Lord, flowing through our lives, we just say yes to that again, Lord, that we draw from a supernatural realm that is a greater realm than the natural realm. And we engage with that realm right now. We engage with that realm this morning. We just thank you for people seeing, Lord, and wondering what the heck is going on in our lives because you are in our midst, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for joy coming around. Lord, you say that you call forth songs of joy. And we just thank you, Father, that we could be joyful always because your word says it's possible. And we take a hold of that in our season right now. We take a hold of joy in this moment, Lord, that we would even go home to our families and go to our workplaces this week, Lord, with abundant joy in our hearts just because you said it's possible. Just because what you said you will do and you will fulfill in us, God. Lord, I just pray over people's dreams here, Lord, as they sleep at night, that it would be a place of joy, that it would be like a a, a catalyst for what you're going to do the next day, God. Lord, a vision for what you're going to say about next year, Lord. Lord, we just start receiving your joy in in the dreams of the night, God. Lord, and we just break nightmares, Lord, off people this morning as well, God. If anyone's struggling here with nightmares, we just break that. We break the spirit of death and fear in Jesus' name this morning. Yes, Lord, we just call order to the weather over our nation, to over creation of New Zealand. We just thank You, Lord, for our ozone layer being fully restored supernaturally. Lord, that sun, it would be hard to get sunburned in New Zealand. Supernaturally. We thank You. That's easy peasy for You. We agree with with creation waiting. And we just tell creation that we're here. (laughs) That we're here. 
because the King of Kings is here. We just speak over allergies this morning for those suffering with hay fever and food allergies. We just break that stuff off in Jesus' name that every person in this building this morning would know what it is to be friends with food. That peanut allergies and all those stupid allergies, gluten intolerance, we break that in Jesus' name. We receive friendship with food. We thank You for the abundance of of Eden, Lord, being in harmony with our bodies, God. In verse 9, it says that You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so You have ordained it. We just thank You that You care. You care. You give You give a rip. Where we think sometimes, Lord, you don't. We just you just do. You actually you just stop and you care. You take those barren places in our lives, in our dreams, in our finances, and you enrich it. You order it. You do something of your abundant nature, your limitless nature into our lives, God. We just thank you, Father, that every dry place and empty space and barren thing, Lord, would know the abundance this morning of heaven over lives. Lord, I just break barrenness. People that are just stuck in cycles of barrenness season after season, we just break that in Jesus' name. We thank you for fruitfulness in every season. Your word says it will bear fruit, and we just we receive that, Lord. We thank you for our daily bread. We just say, give that to us. <laughs> we just take that out of the devil's hands, and we take it for us. We take it for our families. We take it for our community. We take it for the generations that follow us. Lord, we just we take it because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> we receive our daily bread from you today.